as you can probably tell, I am not Dakota. He uh, is under the weather right now. Him and, and uh, Trey are actually, or excuse me, Jones, um, are uh, battling a, a severe cold. So uh, he was notified me yesterday, uh, last minute, so uh, <laughs> kind of a curveball, but that's all right. Um, uh <coughs> today, uh, we're going to actually be uh, focusing on the topic of eternal security um, and the character of God. Uh, the timing actually was perfect that Dakota uh, had this happen the way it happened because I attended Lauren's uh, Sunday school group uh, this morning, and sure enough, this is exactly what we're talking about. Um, there's a lot of confusion surrounding it, um, and hopefully... After today, we can get some clarity um, on that topic. Um, but again, you know, the, the goal of today is is to strengthen our faith in the character of God uh, and His Word, His promises. Um, you know, I come to a, a verse, uh, Deuteronomy thirty-two, uh, verse four. Excuse me, chapter thirty-two, verse four. He says, "God says He is the Rock; His works are perfect." All his ways are just, a faithful God who does no wrong. He's upright and just, is he. So again, he is a rock. He's unmovable. He's unshakable. It says he's a faithful God. How do they know this? We're going to dig into this. Um, and he does no wrong. That's, you know, for some of us, that's, that's a struggle. You know, like we feel wronged at times. Something bad happens in our life. Um, but apparently, God has done no wrong to us in those moments, um, and we'll dig into how this is so uh, here shortly. You know, I was thinking, Andy saying, uh, you know, during worship, taste and see that the Lord is good. Um, you know, you, you've heard of other songs like, great is thy faithfulness, Lord unto me. A lot of these kind of verses, or these uh, worship songs, you know, we sing those things, but do we really believe them? And what I mean by that is, you know, eternal security, for instance, that, that term, maybe you've heard of it before, um, or the, we brought it up this morning in our Sunday group, once saved, always saved. Um, do we really believe those things? We sing, great is thy faithfulness, but do we really believe he's going to be faithful to us to the end and, and keep us saved by being faithful to us to the end? It's a, it's a, you know, a daily struggle for some of us, uh, and, and hopefully, again, like I said, today we can kind of get some good foundation under us uh, about the character of God and just some of his promises um, that allow us to sing these songs uh, over the, the centuries and generations before us. But I um, kind of want to start it out, um, uh, an example of, you know, today's culture, broken homes are everywhere, Right? Divorce rates have been steadily climbing, 50, 55, 60%. Um, parents uh, not being faithful to their covenant, their commitment in marriage. Um, maybe you grew up, like I did, with an absent father. Um, nowhere to be, f really nowhere to be seen for the most part. My mom raised us, bless her heart. Um, maybe your, your parents are great. Uh, maybe they're totally present. Um, and they're great parents. There, there are those out there. Uh, don't get me wrong. I want to give a fair balance to both. But um, fatherless homes 
um, are, are really quite op uh, pretty popular, really. Um, unfortunately, um, fatherless homes due to the you know father leaving the house uh, due to adultery or whatever it might be um, has left the kids shattered, the broken homes shattered, and it makes those kids. I know for I can I can speak for example. You know the words of a parent have a lot of weight to them. Um, and, uh, you know, if, if somebody says they're going to do something, you, you expect them to do it. Um, there's promises in the home. Um, words matter. Um, and so, you know, for example, when a parent breaks their promise, it has a ripple effect, right? Um, and I think the, the danger here is we kind of equate God to kind of a parent. Like, well, my parents are like this, therefore God must be like this. And I think we're going to try to... Uh, bring some clarity to that too, but, um, you know, it's pretty common, uh, especially I, I, it seems like today people just don't keep their word as they used to. Um, integrity is lacking. Um, there's just a lot of things that have really shaped our culture the way it is, unfortunately, some for the good, some for the bad. Um, but again, words matter, uh, covenants matter, uh, commitments uh, matter, um, and there's really, I mean, it's, there's no doubt that, that this, some, in some way, shape, or form, we may not understand it here in this lifetime, um, how that affects our perception of life, the world around us, so on and so forth, um, so we're going to get into, you know, all of that, um, just what, it, what keeping a covenant really means, um, and the depth of that, you know, I can recall when I was 23, I'm 73 now, um, but uh, hey, you guys are awake, all right. Now, when I was 23, I was born again, I had a radical conversion, that'll be a story for another day, but I remember for the first probably four to six months, I was on this euphoric cloud nine, just zealous, you know, as some of you may have experienced yourself, um, really, really just loving the Lord, could not believe it happened so on and so forth. And then, um, probably, I don't know, like I said, uh, so that was May 20, uh, May 14th, 2008. About six months later, I started noticing kind of a reduction in that cloud nine moment, and I was thinking, gosh, did I sin? Did I blaspheme the Holy Spirit? Did I do this, I, you know, it's kind of going into full-blown full panic, anxious mode. Um, started second-guessing whether I was really born again. I mean, I had a radical encounter. Maybe, maybe that wasn't real. Maybe I was, you know, dreaming something up, you know, and all these doubts, all these doubts started coming in. And all of them, really, the base of it all was the goodness of God. Was God really, is God really this good to cause me to be born again? And if I was truly saved, is he going to keep me? Can I lose this? Because apparently I felt like I was losing it. My emotional cloud nine euphoric level was, well, going away, as most emotions do, right? It's a roller coaster. Um, but I could have swore, man, I did something. I did something really bad. I must have it. And I couldn't really pinpoint it, right? So... Um, all of this put, basically forced me to put my nose in the Bible 
uh, and start digging around. Um, and I still had questions, right? I mean, I, it really was really confusing. And obviously, on the flip side of that, you guys realize that we have an enemy, an accuser. So that was you know, all new to me. Um, all I had was my conversion uh, experience. I didn't really have a f footing, a foundation, uh, an anchor uh, per se that I, I mean, yeah, I had my conversion testimony, but I didn't really have the knowledge of scripture in its entirety because I really well, I pretty well neglected scripture growing up. But, um, you know, all these things forced me to start digging around, scrambling in scripture, um, and I started coming across a lot of verses, which we'll get into here, uh, that really brought um, a lot of peace and calm to my soul. Um, but more so, one of the questions, and, and, and again, this has been, what, 13, 14 years ago, I guess it was, 2008. But one of the, one of the questions, and I, and I still, it, it just has stuck with me, is this. If God caused me to be born again, and he saved me radically, right? And then months into it, maybe years into it, he says, ah, just kidding. I'm just kidding. I need my Holy Spirit back. Would God do that? That's, that's just, <laughs> that's crazy to think. Like, is this the, the God that pursues the 99? Or, excuse me, pursues the one out of the 99? Like, does this match with the character of God? And so I was getting bombarded with all of these, say, false thoughts, obviously from the enemy of my soul, and on top of that, I was new, so I was trying to learn all this, but is God playing games with my soul? Like, where did this euphoric feeling go? What, you know, what's going on? So, again, I started digging into scripture. I stumbled across, you know, uh, for instance, Jeremiah 32, verse, uh, let's see, verse 40, and unfortunately, we don't have the screens, but <clears throat> I'll move pretty fast, so if you can keep up. But I stumbled across this. This was one that kind of kicked it off for me. It says this, I will make with them an everlasting covenant that I will not turn away from doing good to them. And I will put the fear of me in their hearts that they might not turn from me. I will rejoice in doing them good. So we see here an everlasting covenant. He's not going to turn away from doing good to you. Would it be a good thing? Question here. Would it be a good thing from God to cause you to be born again and then say, ah, just kidding. That's not a good thing, right? It says in verse 41, I will rejoice in doing them good. Okay. So rejoice, another word for rejoicing is singing. He's basically singing over the fact that he's going to be doing good to you both now and forever. Um, so, again, it's like, man, the, God is good, the goodness of God. You hear all that all the time. You hear about his faithfulness, and yet we're still, still getting these kind of questions of, did God really say? And you know, you guys know it better than I do, you connect, did God really say, with a lot of these skeptical questions going all the way back to the Garden of Eden, right? Did God really say? And this is the way these skeptical questions, you know, it's good to question, right? Um, but this is the way that the devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy our peace and the sovereignty um, 
and the security of our salvation. Um, again, let me quickly, I started out with kind of fatherless homes. Let me remind you before we get further into this that there is, in fact, a father that is good, that is in existence. He's good to his children. He loves you abundantly and is continually with you. Um, he is like no other father. Uh, Lauren and I were talking about Psalm 73 this morning, um, which kind of ties into my conversion, but it, it, Psalm 73 verse 23 says this, Nevertheless, I am continually with you. You hold my right hand. You guide me with your counsel. And afterward, you will receive me to glory. Whom have I in heaven but you? And there is none on earth besides you that I desire. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. So you see there at the verse 23, I am continually with you. You hold my right hand. Afterward, you will receive me to glory. Whom have I in heaven but you? How can he, the psalmist, be so certain of that? We don't, we don't even have the New Testament yet that gives him even more uh, ammunition, if you will, to base these claims on. He's very certain. And the reason being is because he knows the character of God and his goodness. He's realized that through life experiences and through the word of God, of course, that his word can be trusted. He does what he says, he means what he says, and says what he means. And he is indeed that solid rock uh, that you can stand on. <clears throat> Another one, Matthew 7, uh, verse 9 through 11, says, this is from Jesus here, talking about, again, the character. This is Jesus talking about his own character. Uh, which one of you, if he has a son, asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father, who is in heaven, give good things to those who ask him? So again, there's this desire that God does want to give good things to you, if you ask him to be born again or ask him to be saved and to be transformed, he will do that. <laughs> he's not going to hold back that. Um, and he's going to give you everything uh, else that is promised with that. Uh, you can read about that in the New Testament and Ephesians and various other places. But again, going back to the good gifts, it's not a good gift if it's taken away from you. Right? Losing your salvation. That's... What a gift that was if it's stolen, it's taken. Like, is there any hope? Um, so, it, again, it's, it's uh, we're leaning, we're coming to the Lord for help, for as a refuge. We want to, like, in worship this morning, taste and see that he is good. Um, we need this as his children. Um, again, the struggle is the enemy of our soul, is constantly trying to destroy us, right? And trying to kill, steal, and destroy. 
trying to make you question everything. Question, again, questions are fine. Um, as long as you continue having faith that, you know, and you stick your nose in the Bible and do a little bit of studying. Um, this God will not change. Um, once he commits a covenant, uh, similar to our marriage vows, we are to stay. We, marriage is a reflection of his covenant. Um, that's why God hates divorce, because that's not his character. He doesn't do that to us. He doesn't divorce us. Once we're saved, we're not, he's not divorcing us. He is the most stable, reliable, trustworthy being with the most upright integrity um, known to man, really. I, I think, I don't know about your guys' career fields, uh, mine, I'm learning more and more. It's in the heating and cooling industry, and I'm learning more and more, like, integrity is lacking. <laughs> Again, there's some great heating and cooling contractors, don't get me wrong, but uh, I'm learning uh, to be a little bit more on guard uh, with with those who say one thing and they don't do it. Um, but uh, integrity, especially in our culture, just seems like it's kind of dwindling. And unless you're a believer in Christ, really, why, why would you care about integrity? I mean, what's the point? Uh, why would you care about truth? So, um, But uh, there is hope. Uh, you know, there is someone that is very stable, trustworthy, and, and full of integrity, and that's the Lord. But um, Isaiah chapter 55 uh, verse 10 says, For as the rain and snow come down from heaven, and do not return there, but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose, and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. So you can see here, there's there's a living active word God doesn't waste words when it goes forth it's going to have an impact our words as you guys know especially with kids your words have impact there's a, a verse I think it's in James where it talks about your tongue being a potential fire it can burn down a fire right or burn down a forest your words as the Lord says here means something you should be careful how you use your words. Um, I mean, do we believe when God uses his words to make a promise, right? His covenant promise. Going back to the eternal security category here. When he makes a promise, and we're going to get into some of these here in a minute, does he really mean it? Does it have an impact? Is he going to keep his word? Again, you guys... Sounds like most of you have been believers for a while. You know by now that his word is living and active, sharper than a two-edged sword. Um, and so, I mean, there's, for example, John 10, verse thir- uh, excuse me, verse 27, says this, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish. And no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and the Father are one. So again, going back to the once saved, always saved kind of idea, verses like this is kind of more than likely where that 
term came up with, uh, was, com- was developed. You see here, Jesus literally, again, words matter. His word goes out. Jesus says, they will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. And then he doubles down on this again. See this? Verse 29. Again, no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. So you can't snatch them out of Jesus' hand or the Father's hand. And then he further clarifies, just in case you're not not getting it, in verse 30, I and the Father are one. So again, this doubling down, listen, (laughs) no one's going to take this from you. I mean, do, do we believe this, I guess, is, is where we're getting at. Again, the devil likes to come up there and say, but did God really say? Did, does God really mean that? Right? That's the temptation we get. And, again, Lauren and I talked about this this morning. Um, we're just scratching the surface um, of all of these promises. There are verse after verse after verse, probably close to 100, if not more, promises God keeping you, um, and God's faithfulness, God's covenant, God, you know, the list goes on. Ephesians 1, for, for example, says, and verse 11, says, In him we have obtained an inheritance. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promise Holy Spirit. You were sealed. Can you lose that seal? When God seals something, do you think that seal can be undone? When we seal stuff, yeah, of course, right? We're, we're man-made stuff. But when God does a seal on you, it is sealed for eternity. A couple chapters down from that, chapter 4, verse 30 says this. Again, just in case you skip through in your general reading it says this by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption Ephesians 4 verse 30 again doubling down on this sealed concept he is keeping you sealed for that day of redemption Romans 8 30 says this I'll summarize it here it says uh For those who he predestined, he glorifies. If you look at the sequence of that, it talks about predestined, justified, sanctified, glorified. The end result of you being predestined, and I know there's a lot of confusion around that word predestined, but once he saves you, in other words, he will, the end result is glorification. He makes sure it happens. There's no one dropping out of that. Romans 8.38. Romans, by the way, just a great, great book of the Bible, especially Romans 8. It says, For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present or things to come, no powers, no height, no depth, nor anything else in creation, will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing. Nothing else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God. Like nothing. Philippians 1, verse 6 says, And I am sure of this, 
that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. How can these people be so certain of these, these promises? They know the character of God. 1 Peter 1, again, got a couple more, just bear with me. <laughs> 1 Peter 1, verse 4 through 5 says this, To an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's grace, or excuse me, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed at the last time. So you see the word kept. This inheritance is kept for you. But more fascinating to me in this verse 5 is this. It says, who by God's power are being guarded through faith. So your faith that you currently have right now today is being guarded, protected by the power of God what it says think about that you want hope that you're going to make it to the end and, and meet Jesus face to face God's power not your own not your own ability to kind of think these things through but your faith is so important it's literally a gift there's other verses right that talks about this gift of faith it says right here you're being guarded to make it to the end. That gives us a lot of hope, a lot of peace. should calm us when all, you know, what's breaking out. <laughs> the, the world is looking pretty uh, crazy, you know. Um, it's like, man, oh, Lord Jesus, come. Um, but like 1 Corinthians 1 uh, is another one. Uh, verse 8 through 9 says this, uh, he will sustain you to the end, guiltless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then verse 9 there just says, oh yeah, by the way, uh, God is faithful. It's like, clearly. <laughs> he will sustain you to the end. So endurance, another word for that. Again, all these reminders. Uh, again, I... I'm just scratching the surface. But all of these reminders, why do you think there's so many of these verses, these promises? Well, it's pretty clear. I mean, as we've already stated, we're kind of skeptical beings. We question things, at least I do a lot. We need a constant reminder. And plus, on top of that, again, we have the enemy of our soul trying to make us second-guess things and, you know, be skeptical towards the Word of God. So it's almost like the Lord has sovereignly planned this to where, you know, hey, not only am I just going to give you one verse throughout the entire scripture, I'm going to give you like back to back to back, hundreds of them, just so you realize I am not kidding around here, um, and I mean what I say. Um, again, he's, he's wanting us, I think more importantly, too, is to, for one, know the character of God, um, know his faithfulness, right? But all of this is supposed to lift us in such, such a state of, of joy, um, Joy is, joy in the Lord is our strength. Uh, there's tons of songs, worship songs about that too, where these things are supposed to produce in us a joy for the Lord, a zeal for him. 
and his goodness. Uh, 1 Thessalonians uh, chapter 5, verse 23 says this, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful. He will surely do it. So we have a God of peace sanctifying you completely. He's going to keep your body blameless. He's calling you. He who calls you is faithful. He's surely going to do it. Again, it's like boom, boom, boom. Jude 1. Again, this, this term of keeping, kept, is a common theme. There, there's, again, so many of these. Jude 1 says this. A servant of the Jesus servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, to those who are called, beloved in God the Father, and kept for Jesus Christ. You're being kept for his namesake. Pretty pretty assuring. Very, very good. Um, again, we can make so many of these verses. I, I wish we had a, a screen up here. I could just uh, run through them here, but... Um, Again, it, it kind of going back, like we were talking about it in our Sunday group this morning. Um, you know, we, we say we believe in this eternal security or the once saved, always saved uh, topic um, or saying. Um, but there's, you know, a lot of truth to all of this, of course. Um, but if we say we believe these things, and then we start questioning these very pieces of scripture, it's kind of, and you've been revealed, you know, this is the character of God. Um, and then you still keep questioning it. It's, I mean, let's just be real. It's, it's kind of like a slap to the face of God. Like God saying, like, how much more do I need to tell you guys? Uh, what do I need to do to make it more clear um, to you that I can be trusted? I keep my word. I am faithful. Um you know, keep praying to me. Um, there's there's so much here, uh, really, and maybe Dakota will do this. Uh, I mean, you could talk about eternal security for the rest of the year. There's so much in the scriptures about it. Um, <clears throat> again, this is not God. The, the God we have, I don't know if you guys have, have perceived it this way, but he's not just sitting up as the man upstairs uh, by the way, I don't like that term. Uh, I hear it too often. As the man upstairs just kind of passively eh, hoping he makes it. Uh, fingers crossed, is he going to make it? Um, he's not that God. He's actively pursuing us. Uh, I think a, a good example in the New Testament is where Jesus, again, going back to earlier, Jesus pursuing the, the lost sheep out of the 99. Um, he is actively pursuing you, even... Even in the Old Testament, Isaiah uh, chapter 64, uh, verse 4, says this. And this, this is probably one of my top, I don't know, ten favorite verses. Just as it explains the character of God really well. It says, from of old, no one has heard or perceived by ear. No eye has seen a God besides you who works for those who wait for him. Let that one sink in a little bit. Who works for those who wait for him. 
Jesus, God is actively trying to help you. He's working for you. He's acting for you while we wait for him. Now, uh, I think it might have been Ray or somebody, just or some, somebody in our Sunday group <laughs> hit this on the head. Like, doesn't mean we just sit on the couch all day and eat potato chips, right? And hope, hope oh, there's God working for me. It's not that. Um, you know, there's, you know, the, the verse of work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who is at work within you. So there's this both and going on. Um, but this should bring us peace right now. God, whether it's at your job, your home life, your marriage, whatever it might be, is working for you good things. Um, while you wait, you pray. You know, Dakota talked about, was it last week, about praying without ceasing. While we pray, God is working. He's working not only just today, tomorrow, next week, but years to come. He's rearranging things for us so that our joy in him is made complete. So, good thing, based on all this, you have, you know, this character of God. Obviously, it's completely different than the character of potentially your mom or dad or your parents. Um, obviously, we, we try to reflect this, but again, I think we get caught in a trap of trying to compare a human to a creator God, and there's just too many inconsistencies, let's be real. <laughs> um, but we uh, do try our best, right? We, we try to live a, a life full of uh, Christ-likeness and, and produce fruit that way. That way they can see Christ and see God through us. But we have, you know, over the course of years broken our promises. And um, the good news is, um, you know, Jesus Christ is the same uh, yesterday, today, and forever. Um, Hebrews 13 says that he is not changing. Um, he is a stable rock. Um, and this God, we can indeed place our faith in, um, and he will sustain us in all of our ways. Um, again, reminder, Deuteronomy 32, talking about he is a rock. Um, his works are perfect. Um, you know, he, he does no wrong. Upright and just is he. I mean, that's a a desired trait that every man and woman should have is to reflect, you know, upright and just behaviors. Um, and again, going back to, you know, Andy's song this morning, Taste and See, we have these songs, um, you know, Great is Thy Faithfulness, all of these. Um, you know, do we really believe that? You know, we're singing it, and then if we get really pinned down and challenged on it, you know, maybe maybe we didn't believe it as much as we thought we, we should have. Um, but Psalm 34, uh, which is where that taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is he who takes refuge in him. Um, you know, we need to seek after God and take refuge in him. Um, that is uh, the way we can embrace this loving father uh, that will never leave us nor forsake us. Um and ultimately, in conclusion to all this, uh, the end result, like I said, is, is Jesus wants us to experience the joy of our salvation. You guys have probably heard of various verses related to the joy of our salvation. And we can have joy if we truly understand the character and power of God 
um, and you can experience this joy. Um, I will uh, conclude um, with a prayer um, and then uh, dismiss us. We'll be, uh, I'll bl- say a prayer to bless the food and then uh, we'll be on our way. Heavenly Father, thank you for today. Lord, we ask that you lift up uh, Dakota Darby and his family during this time of illness. And Lord, we ask that you bless the, the teaching of your word so that people can better understand uh, how you do keep them, you hang on to them, and you will not let one drop out, even though there may be a season of difficulty. Lord, I ask and pray that you will bring assurance to them uh, in the midst of uh, confusion. Uh, And Lord, may you uh, bless our time today at at the uh, dinner, uh, and may uh, you bless our conversations and bless the food to the nourishment of our bodies. In Jesus' name, amen.